Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. On this day in 1892, the town of Running Water in Hale County officially opened with a barbecue for area residents. An earlier settlement at the site was named Wadsworth until the post office, established in December 1890, was renamed Running Water to draw attention to the presence of flowing water. A rural school was also established that year. The Fort Worth and Denver Railway missed the community by three miles when the tracks were laid in 1928. The post office was moved to Edmondson Switch on the railroad in 1937, leaving running water largely abandoned. Now on to today's podcast. Before COVID-19, there was a lot of noise about iBuyers in the residential real estate industry. These market disruptors were projected to leave a major mark on the industry. But who and what are iBuyers, and did the coronavirus finish them off before they could blossom? Joining us today to talk more about this is Center Senior Data Analyst Joshua Robertson. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. First of all, what are iBuyers? What is the typical iBuyer business model? Well, iBuyers are essentially they're, they're instant home buyers. Um, they make an offer to a homeowner, and if the homeowner accepts, then the home is uh, typically purchased within a few days. So it's a, it's a, it's a really short turnaround time. Uh, the pitch is convenience. So instead of having to go through the mess of staging the home, being there, always kind of being on call to, you know, accept visitors, um, the process is shortened. And so, uh, but there there is a there is a cost to it. Uh, typically, the cost is more than you know going through through an agent. Mm-hmm. I think last I checked, around eight to twelve percent. It can be, although that can vary. Um, but for some people, that's an attractive option. Uh, especially now, you know, I don't know if I'd want people going through my home during a pandemic. So maybe just the option of not being there is appealing. But um, anyway, it's a preference thing. Um, but some of our listeners may be thinking, you know, going back to the, my original definition, you know, instant home buyer. That's not really a new thing, and they're right. Uh, kind of the big th- difference now that you know is, uh, um, you know, with with kind of this I buyer you know, wave is that there's at least two distinguishing features uh, of iBuyers. And one is just heavy utilization of technology, not just on the consumer, on the user experience, but also in the back-end operations of selecting properties. Uh, Because you see, not every property is eligible for this instant buyer um, service. Uh, It's got to fit kind of their criteria, you know, uh, one of the misconceptions, I think, is, you know, that unlike maybe some like home flippers that, that may come to mind for some people, uh, it's not necessarily about getting the widest spread in what they bought it for and what they sold it for. Uh, oftentimes, the iBuyers are kind of more focused on how quickly can they turn around the home because holding on to the property costs money. And so they've become very specialized or at least tried to become very specialized in turning around the home quickly. The other distinguishing feature is they have a lot of capital, uh, particularly some of the, the larger players, um, you know, like OfferPad, Zillow, um, just a lot, a lot of money just poured into these these companies. Um, the business model is still a work in progress. Um, you know, 
some of the top of mind iBuyers, such as Zillow, uh, still are not, they're still reporting losses on a per property basis. Um, so then you got to ask yourself, why all the buzz and, you know, kind of circling back. There, there is a place for this product. There is, there is a convenience factor that, that is attractive. Uh, and there, there is demand, but um, I think it's just a matter of just finding where, where this product fits in, in the entire, you know, real estate ecosystem. So, How did iBuyers affect Texas real estate markets pre-COVID-19? I'm not sure they did because, you know, for so iBuying has been around for for a little while now. I, I think at least 2014. Uh, at least that's when you start kind of hearing things. Uh, that first started out like in like the Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, that market in particular is, has a, a lot of affordable priced homes, fairly homogenous homes. I mean, properties are different, but these iBuyers kind of rely on markets that have enough transactions and enough similarity in homes because they got to, again, they, they got to deploy their, their fancy models to figure out, you know, turnaround time and, and you know, what, what they can buy and sell it for. Um, so gradually they expanded to Texas. And so Texas has actually kind of been the new frontier for some of these iBuyers. Uh, Open Door has been active in Texas, I believe since 2016, but their presence grew a lot more in 2019. It's, it's, pretty significant, the amount of activity that, that, that grew. And also some of the other uh, larger iBuyer names, Redfin, uh, OfferPad, and uh, Zillow, you start seeing um, their, their presence in Texas in 2019. So beforehand, I mean, it, it was just kind of a growing market. Texas, again, was kind of the, the new frontier. So, um, and then 2020 came and we all know what happened there. So. <laughs> How has the coronavirus pandemic disrupted iBuyer operations? So if I had a dollar for every time I've heard or read that COVID disrupted the disruptor, um, <laughs> then I would be doing pretty well right now. Yeah. So the answer to your question is that COVID disrupted the disruptor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which I mean, it's happened to everyone, but they, uh, they kind of walked into it. So, um, but specifically operations, kind of the timeline, um, you know, going back to March, things Again, slowing down into April, you started hearing about layoffs with uh, some of the iBuyers. Um, and, and some people kind of thought that maybe the, the whole thing was, was done before it really got started. Uh, but in May, um, naturally, I started reading that, you know, uh, iBuyer activity started coming back. Uh, in Texas, it didn't really start coming back till June um, in, in select markets. And... Um, Right now, we're still kind of waiting on data to see what the activity looks like. Uh, anecdotally, I've read that um, they're not really buying as much right now. I think they're just trying to unload the properties that they had bought beforehand. So, um, What's next for iBuyers in Texas? So it's going to be the same thing that was before COVID. Uh, they still need to figure out how to make a profit. Um, and of course, the virus certainly has not made that any easier. This, this year is certainly not going to be, be the best year. Um, but specifically, uh, in order to find a profit, they got to find how to position the instant buyer service. And because that's still kind of up in the air, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of other competition that's kind of putting their own 
take on the instant buyer uh, process. So one of the bigger names that has entered the market is uh, Keller Williams. They have their their own take on the instant buyer process, but they're also a traditional brokerage. And their their focus is having this as an option in addition to traditional brokerage services. Because remember, not, not everyone wants to pay the fee to sell the home. Some people that's really appealing, other people not so much. They'll they'll you know they'll take their chances and and um, you know uh, just just wait for the home to sell. Uh, it's my opinion that some of the homes that the iBuyers you know focus on are, are homes that already kind of tend to sell relatively quickly anyway. Because I mean the 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 target range is typically affordable homes in Texas. You know that's two hundred thousand. You do see some in the three hundred thousands, but more so in the in the two hundred thousands. Uh, activity and I think uh, I think most of the I buyers, particularly um, Open Door, they started in kind of the Fort Worth area, and that, that's there's a lot of affordable homes there. So again, I think it's just more of a, a a preference thing. I mean, for some homeowners, there may be some touch ups that are needed, and they don't have the expertise or the the patience to do it themselves. And so um, again, it may just be more appealing for them, or they may be in a you know, a, uh, a tight job situation where they just need to, you know, they, they need the predictability of selling this home so that they can move on to the next home. So, um, but anyway, uh, th there's other, you know, uh, players coming uh, in, into the market. Um, I guess, you know, just kind of other uh, headwinds that, that iBuyers will face. I mean, Going back to their their price range, they they focus on kind of the affordable homes, and I mean, given the current market, um, you know, if if Texas really everywhere, but I mean, focusing on Texas, if if Texas already had an issue of affordable homes, a lot of markets uh, those affordable homes aren't coming back as, as listings right now for for whatever reason. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out. I mean, we we have an idea. I mean, of course, the general economic conditions, you know, when when job situations aren't aren't very uh, secure or, or, you know, you just don't know, then you're probably less likely to buy or sell. But, you know, the other factor is rates are really low. That can work one of two ways. It can attract you to buy a home. Or if you really, really like your neighborhood already, and you may consider to refinance if you can find a bank to refinance your property now. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, for whatever reason, those homes, they're just not coming back, you know, to the market right now. So that that's kind of their their wheelhouse, you know, mm -hmm. what are they going to buy right now? <laughs> so um, we're, we're, we're all kind of waiting to see when, when those properties come back. And I think um, once they do, you'll start seeing iBuyer activity pick up again. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, just trying to figure out where to, where to position this. So, but I, I think it's here to stay. I don't think it's going to be as ubiquitous as some people think. I don't think everyone's, this is going to be the thing for everyone. Um, but, but yeah, profitability is going to be what's, what's next. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Pleasure. Thanks again, Josh. For more on this, keep an eye out for Josh's upcoming article about iBuyers. The article will be published on our website, as well as the October 2020 issue of TG Magazine. Until then, we've posted a link to other podcasts featuring Josh, as well as his latest research articles. To make sure you receive the next issue of TG Magazine, Update your mailing address on the Texas Real Estate Commission website, www.trek.texas.gov. 
it's free for all licensees to change their contact information. Trek and the Real Estate Center suggest using your home address as your mailing address for the most reliable delivery of TG. You can find other real estate articles in our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Our latest topics include representative interest rates for Texas mortgagees, interest rate movement, housing affordability, and Austin Waco Hill Country's land market, plus so much more. We've included a link to our research library on our podcast webpage. For more coronavirus-related information, check out the Center's Weekly Economic Indicator. This economic tool can help forecast changes in the Texas economy resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. We've included a link to that publication down below. And don't forget to subscribe to email notifications so you always know when the indicator is updated. We also included a link to the Center's latest COVID-19-related news items. You can read those items in our News Talk Texas database as well as Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter. Sign up for free at the link below. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, news, and more. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Real Estate Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. And to our friends along the coast, stay safe. Bye.